Hey, what's up, y'all? It's Ernie C, the Gap Tooth Genius, and we're here on a very special 60th episode of the Shoot That Shit. Don't worry. Shit the shit. You'll get the shit. Hey, what's up, y'all? It's Ernie C, the Gap Tooth Genius, and we are back for the unprecedented. Didn't even know we were going to make it this far when I first started, y'all. The 60th episode of the STS Shooting the Shit Podcast. We're here. We're live from the man cave on the east side of Bakersfield. Make sure you guys follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, anywhere you find your favorite podcast, y'all. The STS Podcast is here. We're going to be live. Almost every week we're dropping something new. And I appreciate everybody listening, returning listeners. The show, the podcast is nothing without you guys. So thank you so much for coming back for another pod. This is going to be the 60th podcast to our new listeners. Welcome to the show, y'all. Again, this is Ernie C, the Gap Tooth Genius. And man, we have a great episode for you guys today. Um, everybody who tuned in for the 59th episode, that was titled 147. That was for 147 million votes that we casted for our presidential um, candidates that we had, um, you know, we talked about Canelo becoming a free agent, leaving Golden Boy, we, we talked about Crawford and Kell Brook, which turned out to be a shit show, we're gonna talk about that later, but big shout out to Bud Crawford, and, you know, I was venting a little bit about the newest weight division of boxing, uh, we got a new career path that we started, um, last week, and we're continuing doing that, and, um, just talking about President-elect Joe Biden, Try to keep it away from politics on this one, y'all. We got a little bit of talking about today. Um, again, if you guys need any STS podcast sweaters, hoodies, shirts, please contact me. I'll be more than happy to get you guys um, your own, I guess, your own piece of merchandise. And uh, appreciate everybody who ordered with me yesterday. We had nine orders yesterday, y'all. So I'm really, really appreciative. That was with DJ EC3. Again, if you guys need any DJ EC3 merchandise... I'll be more than happy to get that ready for you guys. I'm so appreciative of um everybody supporting the business, everybody supporting these um you know th- these on these entrepreneur things that we're doing because we're trying to you know we're trying to create uh streams of income no matter what. And when you're enjoying it, when you love doing what you're doing, it's not work. It's not um something that you feel like you're forced to do. It's something that you love to do. You're enjoying it. This podcast is something that I enjoy doing. That's why we keep dropping these. And you know, episode sixty, we got a lot to talk about today. Um, we got, you know, we got troops coming home from Afghanistan, Iraq. Just some thoughts on that. Some questions because again, I'm not an expert on any of this stuff. I'm talking. I'm just venting here. Crawford and Brooke. It was controversial this weekend. It was a great fight for Bud Crawford, but we got to talk about Bob Aaron. What he's thinking about. You know how he doesn't feel like Crawford's worth the money he's putting into him. Canelo got an opponent this week. Finally, so we're gonna see Canelo Alvarez in the ring this this year. Actually, uh, I know a lot of us love social media. A lot of us love Twitter. Twitter got a makeover this week. We're gonna give some thoughts on that and we're gonna recap the last 60 episodes y'all of the sts podcast man really excited for this episode some of my favorite moments some of the episodes i didn't think that were kind of like kind of shitty i'm not gonna lie i'm not here to I'm not here to front the f- first couple episodes i didn't enjoy and we're gonna talk about that and i uh, just want to give a big big shout out y'all to our sponsors this week we have two sponsors y'all 
And our first sponsor is going to be SNB Supreme Event Supplies. They're family owned and locally operated here in Bakersfield, California. This is the one stop shop, y'all. I know we're looking for convenience. We're looking for a place where we get everything that we need for our events, our parties, our backyard boogies, our weddings, our quinces, our sweet 16s, everything in one spot. That's including the tacos, tables, chairs, jumpers, even photography. I'm going to tell you now that S&B Supreme Event Supplies is the place for you to go. Where it's not just a business, it's family. This is a one-stop shop, y'all. Really appreciate them sponsoring the podcast. They're local and they're up and coming. So anytime I can get a chance to get a local company, and especially just the upstart. And y'all could start by following them on Instagram, SB underscore Supreme Event Supplies. You contact Mark and Andre. Again, thank you guys for sponsoring the STS Podcast. It's going to be episode 60. And I also want to give a big shout out to our second sponsor of this podcast, Cordova Collection. Never been a real fan of candles. Don't know much about them. But the Cordova Collection... I purchased some yesterday. They're only $10 a candle, y'all. They're 100% homemade. They're free from toxins and harmful materials. And let me tell you, I got the fireside scent right now burning in the back cave. And it smells great. They're really clean scents. And I know you guys are going to enjoy them also. Make sure you contact Cordova Collection on their IG. Make sure you give them a follow. Again, this is another upstart company. They're re- they're just starting right now, y'all. And they're, man, this is... A great start. I think right now this is something that um it's new, it's different, and I'm really happy with the product that I purchased. Again, they're only ten dollars a candle. They're free from toxins and harmful materials. And follow them on, on IG on Instagram, Cordova Collection. And man, get your room smelling the way it needs to be smelling. I know our us fellas, we're not really in tune with that. But let the Cordova Collection change that. Let's get the room. Let's get the Batcave smelling real nice. I got the fireside burning, and it's a wonderful, wonderful product. Again, thank you to our sponsors, S&B Supreme Event Supplies and the Cordova Collection, y'all. And before we go on to our shooting this shit segment, before you lend me your ear, let the DOC tell you what you need to do. Now do me a favor. Let me an ear. All right, y'all, this is the Lend Me Your segment. We're here to shoot this shit. We're not here to talk about any specific topic or objective in mind. I'm not here to change your mind. I'm not here to change your opinion. I'm just here to speak my truth and kind of just vent about what's going on the last week and what I've been enjoying, what's been going on in the, I guess, the week in the life of Ernie C. And, man, I want to vent about what's going on with this boxing thing. I hope you guys tuned in on Saturday with Terrence Crawford knocking out Kell Brook in the fourth round. But... That's that's that I want to talk about that right now. Let's just talk about the shit show that top ranking ESPN produced for us. I love boxing. I love free boxing. I know we shouldn't complain about anything that comes for free. I know we shouldn't complain about anything that, you know, we're not paying for. We're just fans. They're giving us the treat of these free fights. I know it's in Vegas. It's in it's in the Mecca of boxing and um you know, you want to see a top five fighter uh, probably have his toughest fight. And it was um, it was one of his toughest fights. Kell Brook is not a walk in the park by any means. But ESPN made us wait about 45 minutes to get the undercard fight going. And I believe the bout or whatever fucking football match they had, it was a blowout. It was like 60 to 20. Well, that's an estimate. I don't know. I, didn't, I don't even watch college football. I'm not lying. But it was a blowout. 
and they made us wait 45 minutes. And if you're like me, you're, you know, you follow these boxers, you see they're warmed up at 8 o'clock. They're ready to go. So, and I'm not blaming Book. I'm not saying Kel, um, my guy Kel Brook lost because of this. But when you have a sweat going as a boxer or any type of combat sport, you're ready to go. You're warming up. And once you reach that, that, that pinnacle, you're ready to go. There shouldn't be any delay in that. It was ridiculous that we had to wait 45 minutes just to get the telecast started. And then when we had this undercard bout, and I'm not saying these guys weren't warriors. I'm not. I'm, not, I'm trying my best to be fair here. Um, we had Joshua Franco and Andrew Maloney on the undercard. Super flyweight WBA title on the line. And I believe Maloney hit Franco with a jab in the eye in the second or third round. And the eye flared up, got swollen. They stopped the fight. And in Vegas, um, I'm thinking when it's a, when it's an accidental headbutt, there's a no contest. But they do utilize the instant replay rules. So they're, they're watching the replay rules. They're watching, they're watching the replay several times. And there's no headbutt that caused this this eye to swell it was a jab it was a straight left jab to the eye uh maloney hit him flush right in the you know right in a good spot franco was hurt he couldn't see out of his eye and when once that happens you guys know as a boxer if you can't see what's coming to you there could be some significant damage that we want to prevent in the sport definitely i don't disagree with the stoppage i just disagree with the fact that it took 25 minutes with the help of this instant replay that we you know Everybody wants to get with technology nowadays. It took them 25 minutes to determine that it was a headbutt. And they ruled it a no contest. Which was 100% wrong if you look at the replay. And it's quite sickening, man. Again, boxing, who has these casual fans watching. This is, you know, they hype up this fight all week. And they have a delay in the broadcast, first of all. Then they have a delay to make a decision, which wasn't hard to make. And it was... You know, and you get Bob Aaron. Bob Aaron is the top-ranked promoter um, who puts these fights on ESPN. You understand where he's coming from. You understand why he's pissed off. You see that they are protecting the referee who made the bad call. Once the referee calls it the headbutt, that's what we're going to be going. That's what we're going. Um, it's based off of. It's the headbutt now. The referee, the official, called it. So now we have to determine if he made the wrong call, if this was the right call. And, you know, Bob Aaron did vent, and he is right to a certain point. They didn't want to overturn that bout. They didn't want to overturn that verdict, that no contest, because they knew if they overturned it, they weren't going to protect the referee. The referee loses credibility. And you know how it is with the Nevada State Commission. You don't want to do that as a ref. It does ruin it, it does ruin their credibility for future bouts, and I get that 100%. But it shouldn't take that long to state the obvious. It shouldn't take that long to... Um, determine the outcome of this fight once when it's already a delayed 45 minutes by a football game that had no fucking meaning and now we're gonna have 23 minutes of another delay um for the main event i think after these men event fighters these world champions have been warmed up ready to go and once they got in the ring y'all we have to go through the anthem we have to go to the entrances and this is all on television so we gotta have these um commercial timeouts it was just a poorly ran show and i'm not one to complain about free fights but it was just 
unnecessary. It's unfair to the fighter. It's unfair to the fan, especially the casual fan who tunes into boxing once in a while, and they have to wait over an hour just to see um, the main event. And then you have the undercard fight, which was actually pretty good. It was not a bad bout, but it just took forever to to come with an outcome that had nothing to do with the fucking entertainment. Call it. They had to call it, and it was really disappointing that the commission and um, the referees and everybody in charge of that situation, especially with the use of instant replay now, they still got it wrong. And I feel bad for Maloney. You know, it's a no contest. He doesn't get that title back, and they'll probably have a rematch. Um, but, you know, Terrence Crawford and Kel Brook, great fight on paper. I had Brook up 2-1 to one going into the fourth round. He landed some good shots. Uh, he he boxed. He had a longer reach, so he was making Crawford work. You've seen Crawford start the southpaw. He, he Again, we were talking last week about how he could go from southpaw to orthodox. And he did switch his stances a couple times because he knew things weren't working out. That whatever game plan he had in the beginning didn't work out, y'all. But we do know what boxing one fight changes the whole bout, and Crawford got a good, good, good temple shot right in the cranium, fourth round. Hit him, man, hit him right where you need to, and that was the first knockdown. Second knockdown, ref stopped it. Terrence Crawford again is the undefeated champ of the world right now, and you feel you know, you think he's 30, um, let's see, he's 33 years old, 37 and 0 with 28 knockouts. You would think he's going to get this big fight now. And that might not be the circumstances. And it's horrible. And I feel I feel so bad right now. Some people have him the second ranked fighter. I have him top five. I have to go through the list. I haven't seen, um, especially with this uh, this pandemic been going on. Canelo hasn't fought. Um, there's a couple guys, you know, um, my guy Lemachenko just lost to Lopez. So we have to, we have to determine a top five. But I do, I will say that Terrence Crawford is a top five boxer. And you feel horrible about what his comment his, his his promoter stated after the fact. Um Crawford is not the most charismatic person in the world. He's no Mayweather, he's no De La Hoya, he's no Tyson, he's no Roy Jones. He's not he's not charismatic. He doesn't do a lot of um he doesn't he doesn't stunt a lot. He doesn't do a lot of showboating. He does he's a quiet assassin. Uh, if I dare say um maybe Hagler like, he just gets business done in the ring. And it sucks that, you know, his promoter, who's Bob Aram, who's a who who is a fucking legend in the game. He's a legendary promoter. He's done Ali, he's done every big fighter, Mayweather, De La Hoya, um, Chavez, every big fighter in the game he's had a part of. Um, and, ta- and after the belt, he states, uh, Terrence Crawford is who he's talking about. He has to promote himself like Lopez does. He's got to promote like Shakir does, like Mayweather did, like Pacquiao did. If he doesn't, who the fuck needs him? He may be the greatest fighter in the world, but hey, I ain't going bankrupt promoting him. And it's, um... It's despicable to fucking hear that from a promoter. It's despicable that a promoter whose job is to promote the fight, get him the fights that are going to put asses in the seats, especially against a caliber of a legendary boxer like Terrence Bud Crawford, and you're blaming him for your shortcomings as a promoter. I'm thinking, and this is just me as a boxing fan, 
The promoter's job is to promote the fight. Don't give a fuck what you have to do to get the people in there. You determine what the what the public um, sees. You determine what the public um, the propaganda for this fight is released and distributed against you know amongst casual fans. You have to make the fight relate to casual fans who don't watch every fucking boxing fight on Saturdays and Sundays or Fridays. You have to pay. Ten- you have to give. Um, you have to give a casual fan who doesn't keep up with the belt, who doesn't know who Kell Brook is, who doesn't know who Terrence Crawford is. You have to give them the incentive. How do I say this here? You have to give them a reason to watch. That's your job. Your job is to get the asses in the seat. The fighter is in charge of handling business and make the fight entertaining. He, the man knocked him out. It was an entertaining fight. It was close. In the first three rounds. It wasn't a fucking. It wasn't one of these. Um, snoozers. It was nothing close to that. And then Bob Aaron states. The question is. Do we want him. Him as in um, Bud Crawford. I could build a house in Beverly Hills. On the money I lost on him in the last three fights. A beautiful home. No one questions Crawford's innate. Tremendous ability. By being a naturally bigger guy in Brooke. Decisively. That's a big statement that he's making. The question is. Does it pay the does it pay the bills? Look, you can have the greatest opera singer in the world. If the fans don't support you, you're out of business. And again, think Bob Arum is a piece of shit for these comments. It's horrible. Um, and it's a bad business move, in my opinion, to place the, brain, place the blame on Terrence Crawford. This is your job, Bob. Your job is to promote. Doesn't matter how much fucking money you're overpaying. It doesn't matter how much money you're gonna you're gonna spend or you're gonna lose. Get him the fights that he needs. Then, if you want you want Bud Crawford to sell out his arenas, you if you want to get him away from fucking Nebraska, where he's from, that's where he sells out at. You want him to sell out in Vegas, get him the fucking fights. He's not getting the fights because you're not getting him the fights. It's not him in the negotiating room. You're in the negotiating room getting these fights. He hasn't fought Spence. He hasn't fought Thurman. He hasn't fought Pacquiao. He hasn't fought Porter. Why? Because you haven't made the moves necessary, and that's on you. It's horrible that he... I can't imagine any promoter... You can't imagine Dana White saying this wild shit. And you know what? I'm going to say it. Bob Aaron is losing his touch. He's not in touch with... What's going on with today's times? Don't see this on social media. I don't see him promoting on social media. I don't see him promoting on um, ESPN the way um, before two weeks for the bout. You have to go above and beyond. We the attention span of the people. There's so many things on television nowadays. You have to get them. You have to, man. You have to entice us to watch these fights. Give us the money fights. Take the L if we got to take the 60-40. I do believe that Spence and Crawford is the fight to make. Take the 60-40, Bob. It's not Crawford's fault that he's not, you know, I guess he's not meeting your overhead. He's not making a profit for you. He's doing his fucking job. The man is undefeated. The man has beat, has beaten everybody you put upon him. He beat Gamboa. He beat Brooke. Khan. Horn, Benavidez, the man is no joke, y'all, Pastol, John Molina, Raymond Beltran, these guys are not fucking walking the parks, these guys are tough warriors, and it's just horrible now that, um, I don't know, does Crawford, I don't know his, his contract situation, but does he, does he bounce, does he go somewhere else, does he pull a Canelo, does he have the leverage to pull a Canelo, 
again, he's 33 years old. I don't think he has the luxury of losing another year of his career. You know, um, you know, with fighters nowadays, it's hard to um, it's hard to miss a career so late when you're 34, 33 years old. You can't just miss a year. You're not 25, 26 weeks still bounce back and you still have time on your side. Time is not on Bud Crawford's side right now. And it makes me real, you know, upset as a fan because you know what he's capable of and I know a lot of guys, you know, they need the money, but I'm a legacy guy. Crawford doesn't get these fights. I believe at the end of the day it does hurt his legacy because we're going to say, oh, he never had that big fight, though. He never fought Pacquiao. He never fought Spence. He never fought Porter Thurman, even Garcia, Mikey or Danny. Um, it's, it's real sad, man. And just to place the blame on him, I think it's real irresponsible of um, Mr. Bob Arum. And uh, someone who's going to be responsible for putting boxing back on the map right now Canelo Alvarez, man, so this fight got this fight just got made. It's going to be on December 19th, a month from now. We're going to have Canelo Alvarez versus Caleb Smith. And I know a lot of casual fans are like, who the fuck is Caleb um, John Smith? Mundo. This kid is the super middleweight champion of the world. He is the best in his division. He's number one in his division right now. And you got to give Canelo props. I believe he's going to go up here to 168. And Caleb Smith's a great British fighter, r- right out the UK. He's twenty-seven and zero with nineteen knockouts. Um, Alvarez hasn't fought in a while now. He hasn't fought since I believe it was last year against Sergey Kovalev. And we're gonna get him back. And I'm glad he's in a fight this year. I'm, you know, it's gonna be on the zone. So I'm thinking they took Golden Boy out of the equation. He's gonna get some more money now. He's a man. He's in charge of his own um, destiny now, and I'm all for it. And I was hoping he would have a caliber fight like this. Caleb Smith is the toughest fight for him right now, besides B.J. Saunders. So we definitely are gonna have Canelo Alvarez back in the ring. I don't know exactly where it's gonna be at. It doesn't state here. I'm really excited though. 53 and one. With two draws, Canelo Alvarez is coming back, and uh, I, you know, I put a poll up on my Instagram, and I think that the people unanimously decided that Canelo's gonna beat this man, and we shall see, we shall see. I don't um, believe a lot of people are familiar with Caleb Smith and what he's done in his career. But at that weight division, you're not a fucking walk in the park. You're not someone just to walk over. Um, Canelo's gonna move up a little bit. And the more he moves up, man, the you know he the better he gets. Uh, he's not uh, he doesn't look weak at all when he drops or he goes up. He doesn't lose any of that speed. Doesn't lose any of that power. Um, he's defensively getting better. And he you know and Canelo could take a shot. You guys seen him take some from um, from GGG. Canelo definitely could take a shot. So I'm really really excited for this belt. I love when boxing could give the fans what they want and what we want right now. We need high-caliber fights. Boxing, give us what we want. And one one industry is not giving the people what they want. I don't know how much you guys are into Twitter. Uh, I love Twitter. It's really distinctive. I love... Um, I'm sure you guys know how it works. 280 characters. You state what you want. This is how I get most of my news. This is how I get most of my entertainment um, from sports, politics, what's going on in the world. Love my Twitter. Uh, Recently, they, they added a feature called Fleets. And it's basically a story, just like Instagram and Snapchat have. 
It's placed on top of your timeline, and you can now put stories on your Twitter. And I could tell you guys, as a, as for me, I hate it. I'm not a fan of it. I understand what they're trying to do with 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 um, user engagement. Another, uh, just trying to see if they could strike with irons hot. So many um. So many social media out, um, apps are don't, are establishing this, are utilizing the story feature from Snapchat. Um, Facebook's done it. Um, Instagram has done it. Snapchat invented it it, it, it. it perfected it. And now Twitter is hopping on, calling it fleets. And I'm not really too happy about it because Twitter is unique to me. Twitter is different from everybody else. Twitter is... Um, it's a whole different animal than Instagram and Facebook. It's not a lot of pictures. It's more of how you're feeling today. It's about what you're trying to talk about, what you're venting about, what you're discussing. It's how you, you know, engage with other people. I don't really give a fuck what they're doing on their story or what they're going on their daily life. That's not what I'm doing with the people I follow. I want to see their thoughts. I want to want to read what they're what they're talking about i don't want to see it if that makes sense that's why i have an instagram and a snapchat and uh it's it's just it's disappointing i know a lot of people hate it but and honestly y'all we're back in the corner what are we gonna do delete our are we gonna delete our twitter i'm not i know i'm not for a fact uh it's just everything is the same now they're trying to reinvent the wheel but they're using the same ingredients, and I and you know I think they're all they're trying to get what they can. They're trying to get more engagement. They're trying to get, um, I guess they call it caught up with the times. They're trying to duplicate duplicate the success that TikTok has had, the success that Instagram's had, and Facebook. But Twitter just has always been its own thing. It's a beautiful thing if you think about. It. I've been I've been on Twitter since '07. And it's changed so much now with the retweet button. Now it's a quote. Now we have these fleets, and you guys see stories, and it's like, why do we? What, what was the? What was you know the reason for that? I don't even know if they even let's see if Twitter even put any type of comment on um, why they updated this. I don't know. It looks like um, let me see what they said. Twitter's purpose is is to serve the public conversation. It's where you go to see what's happening to talk about it. But some some of you tell us that tweeting is uncomfortable because it feels so public, so permanent, and like there's so much pressure to rack up retweets and likes. That's why, unfortunately, there are so many fire tweets left in drafts. To help people feel more comfortable, we're working on a lower pressure way for people to talk about what's happening. Today, we're launching fleets so everyone can easily join the conversation in a new way with their fleeting thoughts. <laughs> fleets are for sharing momentary thoughts. They help start they help start conversations and only stick around for 24 hours. Through our test in Brazil, Italy, India, and South Korea, we learned fleet. We learned fleets help people feel more comfortable joining the conversation. We saw people with fleets talk more on Twitter. Those new to Twitter found fleets to be an easier way to share what's on their mind because they disappear from view after a day. Fleets help people feel more comfortable sharing personal and casual thoughts, opinions, and feelings. These early findings um, from our test, and these are the these are early findings from our test, and we're excited to learn more about how fleets are used by you. You can fleet text, reaction to fleets, photos or videos, and customize your fleets with various backgrounds and text options. To share a tweet in a fleet, tap the share button icon at the bottom of the tweet and share and tap share and fleet. 
Then add what you think about it with some text or emojis. Soon stickers and live broadcasting will be available in fleets. So there, again, this is all Instagram. This is all what's going to happen here. We're going to get a pretty soon. We're going to get a Twitter live. And everybody's going to be fucking live on their Twitter. And, God, it's trying to reinvent the wheel. When the wheel was defined the way it was two years ago, um, we got to see what happens. I'm not a big fan of it. Again, I just don't, I go to Twitter for a reason. Twitter's different. I don't want to see your stories. I know y'all don't want to see my stories, but I guess a positive, you're going to spin a positive, try to make it, we're going to try to look at this half full. It's a good promotional tool. Um, A lot of people don't follow me on Instagram. I guess I could put on Twitter now what I put on Instagram and just keep highlighting my business, keep promoting the podcast which i do have a suggestion for twitter if i can put a link a hyperlink i need to fucking create a hyperlink for people could just click on this hyperlink and go straight to where i want them to go it could be my instagram page it could be my podcast page or the apple podcast go straight there you don't have to slide up or say link in bio there's no need for that just give us the fucking hyperlink that's what all, That's you know who does this really well? Snapchat. Snapchat, you can put your hyperlink in there. You just got to slide up and it goes straight where I want you to go. That doesn't happen with Facebook. That doesn't happen with Instagram. That doesn't happen with Twitter. So that's something that Snapchat, that's why I keep it. It's definitely a great tool for promoting what you need to promote with your business, with your interest. Um, but I don't know if this fleet thing is going to work. And I get what they're, you know, what they're saying. It's for people who are not comfortable with their feelings. They, you know, maybe they're momentary, momentary thoughts. But those last forever too, man. So I'm not a big fan of this. I can't say it. they won me over. Um, I'm not going to delete my Twitter, unfortunately. They haven't got me to that point yet. Just real disappointed that I feel like I'm looking at the same app. And there are three different names, if that makes sense. We shall see. Um, you know what? I don't, and I don't mean to bring the mood down, y'all, but I just I forgot about. You know, I wanted to dedicate on some some friends of mine passed away the last two weeks, and um, just want to give a you know condolences to the family of Cato, uh, one of our guys at poker. You know, we lost a few guys um, at poker the last four or five years, and unfortunately, Cato is um, gone. Um, one of our friends out there, we used to always pick on the kid. <laughs> He's older than me, but we used to always pick on him, man. Uh, funny, funny guy. Loved to gamble with us. Loved to play poker. Loved to be around the fellas. Um, I'll never forget you, Kato. Rest in peace, my guy. I hope you're in a better place, and I hope you're not in any more pain, bro. Uh, I really do mean that. I um, I know he's been going through a lot the last couple of years, and um, he's been sick. And, um, you know, he belongs to the ages now, unfortunately. So rest in peace, Kato. And, man, I had another friend, um, Alex Hunt, Alexandria. She used to work with me at Current Family. And, man, she passed away about three days ago. And that's a shock. We kept in touch frequently since we left Current Family. And, you know, I guess she passed away. Just seen it on Instagram one day. And, man, it was a shock. Um, she was a great woman. She was really sweet. She was beautiful. She was always laughing she was uh, a great mom she loved her son so much um so gavin i do if you ever listen to this man i'm really sorry about your loss bro and um alex i hope you're in a better place also i'll never forget you i don't know what happened but i hope 
you're okay now, wherever you're at. I hope um, God you know, blesses both of you guys. And I just want to dedicate this part to you guys. And it sucks, man. Again, we see how short life is. So rest in peace, Cato. Rest in peace, Alex. It's real crazy about how short life is, y'all. How fast, you know, we're talking to somebody one week and the next week they're gone. Or, and, you know, that's why we got to, you know, we got to tell people, I love you. I'm, I'm a big believer in that. I tell my friends I love you. I tell my family I love you. All times, whenever I can, I'm going to tell you I love you. Especially if I have love for you, you know? And it, this life right here, man, this thing's temporary. This thing right here is not forever. We got, um, this is just a pit stop in our journey. And it sucks that my friends aren't going to be here to, you know, witness this journey. Because life's a beautiful thing, man. And it's just sad. It's real sad. And um, and I know this is something that I'm I'm going to experience over and over and over again. Um, unfortunately, at the time, as, as as long as I'm blessed to be on earth, this is something that is going to happen. Unfortunately, people do meet their demise. So we just uh, just rest in peace, y'all. And just keep those in, you know, people you love. Keep them close, man. Keep them real close. Um, speaking of keeping this real close, I want to keep this close to the vest right here. This is episode 60. And I just want to give a quick, a quick recap. I hope we have. I know we're gonna have some listeners on this one. It's gonna be a, a great episode. That's a great episode so far. But I want to give a quick recap, man. This STS podcast. This was something I wanted to do because I had another pod called Off the Fly. I had this one of my one of my best friends, Robert. We had Off the Fly. You know, he started doing the man things, getting married, having a family. Um, we weren't working together anymore. You know, I left current family. It was kind of hard to link up with our original podcast, so I wanted to start something on my own. I wanted to start shooting the shit. I wanted. I felt like shooting the shit's what I do with so many people. I think that's what I do in life. I, I'm just talking with people. I love conversating. I love learning about people. I love um, discussing things that interest me. And this journey, the 60, has been fucking awesome. It's been I can't even tell you guys how much it means to me that this little thing that we do in my room in the Batcave has turned into something that people love and people really enjoy and look forward to when we drop podcast episodes. Um, it started off with the big four. The big four, I had my guy Gabriel Bossy, Warren Stingley, and uh, Eli Sills, along with my guy Jaden. You know, we're, go- we're about to head to-, to this big Valley Championship game. Um, man, Addicts Apparel was our sponsor at that time. And that was our fir- my first podcast, you know, and that was it was it was nerve wracking because I didn't know how people were gonna accept that, and it turned out pretty fucking well. Um, Miguel Contreras has been a frequent guest on this podcast. I loved and I love having him on just because he's so humble and he's he's family. You know, we got some we got relatives that you know that we connect with that they are family. So just crazy how the world started. He's one of the most listened to episodes we had. That's episode two. Um, we had my guy Wes coming off his first state championship. Um, he blessed me with the first exclusive interview. That was always fun. Um, I love you 3000. That's man. That episode is, let me see here. Is this episode? I love you 3000 is probably the most listened to episode that we had so far, which is pretty crazy. I don't know what the hell people thought, um, I don't know what people really loved about them, to be honest with you. I don't fucking remember. I know I had to do something with, you know, with the Avenger movie, the Endgame. Uh, it was, it was, 
one of the most listened to podcasts that I've ever had. I've had some sad podcasts, y'all. I had some, um, my uncle passed away, I believe it was May 2019. I did that podcast off the rip, right off after his funeral. Um, that was crazy, man. That was, um, one of the darkest times of my life in my family's history. Um, just to talk about that was really, um, it was horrible. It was something I had to do, though. It was like with the podcast. I tried to, you know, I'm not trying to hide anything. What I want to put out there is what I put out there and what I'm feeling. And I was hurting at that time. Um, so rest in peace to Rick. That was, you know, that was really eerie. I never thought I'd do a podcast like that. Um, I had Jay Vuitton on a few times. My guy Jay Vuitton uh, always blesses us when he comes with some new music. One of my favorite rappers in the field. Uh, great guy, man. One of the hardest working men on the east side. He's really about that life. Uh, love having him on. I know we had um, Tunnel Vision. I actually was supposed to do that episode with my barber, but we were joined by someone who was battling a, a d- addiction um, by the name of Rudy. And that was a deep podcast. That was one of my favorite podcasts to shoot just because how deep it was. It was some real life stuff just because, you know, we deal with people who are addicted to drugs, who are homeless, and we try to get their story. It's not one of those things where um, we just judge them and uh, we just say fuck them. We forget about them. We just treat them like they're, they're nobody. No, this is a podcast to show that we really have love for them. And um, I wanted to get some type of understanding of what was going on in their lives and what drove them to the point they were at. Um, I believe we had a top 50 episode. What was this one here? Top 50. Let's see. Yeah, 50. That was a great one. That was when we had, that was episode 17. That was the top 50 MCs of all time. That had a lot of heat, but it was really fun, man. It was one of the funnest uh, podcasts that we've done. I got my guy Mike Lowe and Magoo in here. We were just talking hip-hop. That's one I want you guys really to listen to. Um, Nipsey Hussle passing away. That was a big episode. That was something I didn't know um, we ever would have to talk about. It was... Um, it was unreal. Just the circumstances going on and going down to the day he passed away was crazy. Uh, Kobe, the episode when Kobe Bryant died, I, we man shed tears on that one. Um, you know, sometimes we shed tears on this podcast. There's no fake emotions around here. Um, the Kobe episode is one of the most listened to episodes I've ever had before. Um, my guy Art Charles stopped by a few times. Uh, actually, a few times. I'm sorry. My guy Art Charles stopped by. And um, we were just talking about this before COVID nineteen really exploded. We were talking about what he was, you know, what he had going on with his um his pro baseball career, and unfortunately, you know, the season was canceled, and it, it that just hurt because I know how how much he looked forward to bouncing back from his recovery, and um you know just getting back in the groove of things. Um, COVID nineteen was a crazy episode. That was one, you know, we just, we didn't know what the fuck was going on in the world. And um, just questions. I like to ask questions. What's going to be next? What's going to happen to us? Um, 25 is too young. Um, that's when my cousin, one of my cousins passed away. Uh, that was a hard one to record just because, you know, we've seen our, the pain that our, our family was going through. Um, and it hurts, you know. you know. We always know how it feels, you know, how we all know how it feels to lose someone we love. And just to talk about to lay on wax is surreal sometimes. It's really something you don't want to do. Um, 
but you have to, especially like with me, I I feel like I do need to speak on it. Shout out to my guy Jacob Tovar. He's been on the podcast on both both the podcasts we had. Um, has some great knowledge for um for our listeners, for people who aspire to be a great photographer. We had Andre Gonzalez. You know, we love talking politics on this podcast, so we had our council war two councilman on. I've been really blessed, y'all. I've been really lucky to have consistency with the podcast. I've been real lucky to have um uh I guess I could say uh how do I say this? Interest. People actually keep you know, if it's been a week or two, hey, when are you dropping the next podcast? And it really feels good to have people really interested in what we're talking about on here. Um, it's real great to have sponsors on the podcast. I didn't know this was going to happen. I didn't know it was going to kind of blow up the way it did. This isn't something I do for a like or a comment or um, clout this is, or whatever the fuck you want to call it, respect. This is something I just put out there. If y'all listen to it, cool. If you don't, that's on y'all. That's fine with me. I'm not. Not mad at you if you listen or not. And if you don't like something I said, that's cool too. This is why we have, you know, this is a, oh, this is an open forum. If I'm wrong, I'll be the first one to admit I'm wrong. Um, but it's real fun to do. This is way a great way to vent. This is a great way to um, to really talk about how I feel and what's going on in my life. I've been going through so much the last few months. We had breakups. We had addiction. We had um, downfalls, we had bottom of the barrel shit going on, but we're back, we're bouncing back, that's what this life's about, and I know it's corny to, like, reference Rocky, but it's not about how hard you could get hit, it's about how hard you get hit and keep pushing, life's always gonna throw us some bullshit at us, but how are we gonna react to the bullshit, are we gonna just sit our asses down, just take it, and just say, hey, I can't do anything about it, or are we gonna be strong and get up and say, you know what, I'm gonna overcome this, and, I'm overcoming everything, y'all. I know I am. I know I can. And, you know, life ain't sunshines and rainbows. Life isn't easy. But we have to keep pushing. Life isn't fair. And once we get the understanding of that um, and see that we have to keep doing what we do, we have to keep pushing, we have to keep moving forward, I think we wouldn't really utilize our life and try to fulfill it to the best of our ability. I think we know once we understand that the times are going to get hard, there's going to be times where we fail ourselves. We're going to fuck up. But you know what? We're human. We make mistakes and we keep pushing. Um, and this podcast has really helped me out a lot. This podcast has really um, helped me grow as a man. This podcast has helped me with my thought processes on this whole thing. I know last week we were talking about this new career path um, at Highland High School had to leave Foothill, and it wasn't the best. It wasn't the most popular decision. I'll tell you guys that much. But you know what? At the end of the day, I'm getting. I'm gonna. I'm getting paid to do what I love. I'm getting. I'm gonna have a new opportunity on this career path of becoming a teacher. This is something that I couldn't get anywhere else but Highland High School, and, and th- I'm so thankful for that. Um, but sometimes you have to make um, the move for what's best for you. And uh, even sometimes I know people are disappointed or hurt by that. Uh, it's all love because I think when you're getting in the, when you're in the position to make more money for yourself, put more, put, um, you know, you're getting this retirement now, you're getting these benefits and you're trying to establish a career. You should always be happy for that person, even though you do get hurt. And I understand that a hundred percent. Um, it hurts me to leave, but I know this is the best decision for me as a man. As someone who wishes to be, who has ambitions to be an educator and a coach, this is the spot I need to be at right now. And uh, the universe provided this for me. God provided this for me. He 
This is something that I've wanted for a long time. It manifested over the last couple of years, and I'm ready for this opportunity. This this thing right here fell in my lap, but I want to make the most of it, and I really want to uh, keep striving. I'm not content. I want more. Uh, there's so many plans that we have with the DJ business, with the podcast the podcast business with the merchandise business there's so much more to accomplish this isn't the end of the road this is this is just the pinnacle of what we got going on right here i don't even know if this is the pinnacle yet we're still making this climb on top of this mountain this might be the world's fucking tallest mountain but i know it's a long climb to go i'm not satisfied i'm not gonna just camp out here and be like oh we're done we got halfway um and I think that's what life is, y'all. This is the uphill grind no matter what. No matter how many times I fall, no matter how many times I don't think I'm going to get up, I will get up. I'm going to keep grinding. I'm going to keep striving. And, you know, I was having some conversations with my cousins this week, my my guys. Shout out to Vincent and um my guy Gilbert. Vincent going off to college. And I'm, ha- I'm so happy for you, cuz. I hope you're listening, man. So proud of you, bro. You're a good man. You're a good young man. And, um, you know, we had a deep conversation about why he should leave and why this is the perfect opportunity especially he didn't leave right after high school he kind of got a job went to class a few times went a couple semesters understand the grind understand what it took to have bills what it took to be um um to pass these you know these genetic classes it's not easy it's a grind it's responsibility it's priorities i don't know if he gets i don't know if he gets that Leaving straight from high school to his four year. Sometimes you need to go through the grind. You just you need to struggle just a tiny bit just to understand what that is. So when you're about to go to make that big move, now you know, hey, the grind is this is the grind. This is what I need to do. Stay disciplined, and this is the responsibility that I have to move forward and make sure I put myself in the best position to succeed. And it took me a long time to understand that too. As a man, like I love spending money. But once you have a business and you have to grind for every dollar you get, you no longer have a consistent um, stream of income, a nine to five. You have to save for a rainy day. You have to see the future. You have to. You can't You can't do this day by day. There's no way. Unless you're really fucking lucky, you can't do it. So I'm glad my cousin got that life experience as a man. Um, and he's gonna grind. He's gonna do well, and I'm so happy for him. My cousin Gil was talking. You know, he he wants to be an artist. He wants to be in this game, this music game. And um, just hearing him tell him, me that when I was rapping, I you know he wanted to, to rap. And fuck it, so it's so crazy how you how you see how people how you see people how you see people look at you, like they see you. You're doing it. So I'm going to do it because that inspires me. And I'm humbled by that. But I was telling my God, I just want you to grind. Like, I want you to put your work out. They can't feel you if they can't see you. And um, I'm really happy I can, you know, if I could inspire him or motivate him. I'm still trying to figure it out myself. I'm still trying to figure out how what my, what my place in the game is, you know. Um, DJing's a wonderful it's a wonderful hustle. It's a wonderful passion. It's a wonderful stream of income for me. Um, but like I told him, I'm telling y'all now, I'm well aware that this lifespan of a DJ isn't forever. Um, it's a it's a, revol- it's a revolving door. There's always somebody who's gonna take my spot, no matter what I do. Someone's gonna take my spot one day, and that flame that I got right now, that's lit right now, it's doing well. That flame's going to be gone. 
And I understand that. I'm not in denial of that. You have to understand that this this wave that you're riding crashes at the end. It's going to crash to the shore. And a new one's going to form. And that's why I take this shit so seriously. Because I know this isn't forever. I know I got to get it while it's... I got to strike while the iron's hot. I got to get every gig I can. I got to establish myself. I got to build now. You have to get better. You have to build. You have to do what you have to do to remain relevant in the time span that you're um, alluded. I guess that you could say. Well, the time span you're allowed to have, that means if I think I got that right. Um, well aware that this flame ain't going to last forever, y'all. So, it's it, it's cool, man. It's real cool to see that um, these my my boys, the ones who I've always looked at little brothers, my little cousins, they're becoming men. And, um, you know, time flies. And uh, if I can help any way I can help any of my cousins, any of my brothers and sisters, family, home friends, I want to do it. Um, you know, I got my guy, and I'm not going to show you guys the logo yet, but we got a logo. And I was telling about revenue sharing, like, you're making me this logo that I want to sell on shirts. You deserve some money off of that. And I don't know how many people do that, but you should. If you have creators creating what the fuck you envision pay them their money and that's aside from the logo fee this is revenue sharing baby every time i sell a shirt you deserve a couple dollars off that shirt the shirt doesn't sell without the logo we should be more fair to people it's good business that's the correct way to do business especially in this world corporate america um, and business too everything that you get that's designed by other people should be definitely they should be compensated every time you sell a shirt every time you sell a sweater Give the creator their financial due. There's nothing wrong with that. We're not saying you need half. A few dollars off the shirt you're selling for 30, that's more than enough, but it's fair. So creators who are, you know, graphic designers, logo designers, you guys should definitely talk about the per- your, with your clients. You should deserve some revenue shares. You deserve 2 $3 off the shirts they're making. You want to know why? Because as long as those shirts continue to sell... Every logo you design, that's going to be a stream of income for you. It doesn't matter if it's fucking $15 a month, $15 every two weeks. That's going to add up eventually. You can put that shit to the side. You can have full $500 at the end of the year. And imagine that for every logo. You guys should definitely think about that, man. And I'm like, I was telling my guy, I'm not, I'm not cheap. I know business. I, I, I think it's fair that we do that for our friends especially our friends who do favors for us give them that little stream of income that two three dollars every shirt that's that's not a lot out of our pocket y'all we're gonna get that money back anyway give them what they deserve they designed the shit for you guys so that's just my you know that's my business um I guess advice my suggestion of the week I guess you could say just do good business man uh speaking of a businessman Let's end it on here. Um, I know since 9-11, we had several thousands, thousands of troops. I believe we had over, man, um, let's see here. I think we had over 56,000 troops wounded in the war against terrorism. Uh, we had over 4,600 deaths um, in this war against terrorism. So it looks like by, let's see here, I think it's January. We're going to reduce forces in Afghanistan um, and Iraq and Afghanistan. We're going to bring some of these kids home now. They're going to withdraw thousands of troops. Actually, in Somalia also. Uh, these forever wars, man. This is something that, you know, 
it's 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 been real 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 it's been deadly out there it's been dangerous it's been impactful you've seen it around town i'm not going to mention any names we see how these um ptsd's rampant with a lot of these guys coming back from iraq and iran or afghanistan uh is enough enough now y'all do we continue these wars you know I think the basis of at least what that rack was, we had weapons of mass destruction there, and we determined that was a lie. They lied to us. Um, don't know exactly if there was any. There was they uncovered any type of um, um, how do I say this connection with nine eleven and Iraq? What's Saddam Hussein? It's uh, it's crazy, man. Um, but again, we're gonna withdraw. 2,500 troops from Iraq and, and Afghanistan, I believe, by next year. Something that, you know, President Trump has been wanting to do for a while. And I know, again, he ain't the most, he ain't, right now, he's not the most beloved person in America. But you guys, I'm, I'm, I'm honestly um, all for it. I'm all for it. Um, I know some people like Mr. Mr. Mitch McConnell, who's the Republican leader right now, stated a rapid... A rapid withdrawal of U.S. forces from Afghanistan now would hurt our allies and delight the people who wish us harm. Um, the consequences of a premature American exit will likely be worse than President Obama's withdrawal from Iraq back in 2011, which fueled the rise of ISIS and a new round of global terrorism. It would be reminiscent of the humili- humiliating American departure from Saigon in 1975. Uh, I'm all for bringing the troops home. I think people need to realize, no, we can't bring them all home at one time. We definitely have to keep a presence there. But should we keep 10,000 troops overseas fighting for what? And I'm not saying it doesn't exist anymore. I'm not saying that. But terrorism, I think we have somewhat control now. We have an idea of how the, these guys work. We have an idea what their patterns are. We have an idea what... Um, the roles are there. How long can we keep these wars going? Um, it's been almost 20 years. That's longer than Vietnam. That's longer than World War One. That's longer than World War Two. That's longer than the Cold War. I know that wasn't an actual war, but you know what I mean. Longer than the Korean War. That was longer than the fucking first Iraq War. Are we going to continue being a country that's in war? And in my opinion, this is just my opinion, war is for profit. War is for um, not our interest. This is interest of certain people in the government who get rich no matter what, who get rich from going to war. Um, and so huh, we shall see. Um, it looks like another reason too, this is from the New York Times. Uh, the proposal to draw down to about 2,000, 2,500 troops in Afghanistan comes as the country forces are beside, are beside in the south and the north. Morale is low among Afghan security forces, and the uncertainty has led local political leaders to cut deals with the advancing Taliban. Um, I don't know. Um, do we practice imperialism and have an American first approach to this? So we say Afghanistan needs to worry about their own politics and, the, and their own security? We just leave them in the dust like this never happened? Or do we keep troops there just to help maintain that that chaos there that's been running rampant since 2001? 
I honestly don't know. I think this is a great thing for our troops. I want our troops home. Um, the remaining troops, I think we should gradually bring them home until we have zero presence there or a minimal presence there. Um, I don't even know if that's enough because I don't want anybody there being in harm's way for a war, for a fight that's non-existent. Again, I don't know. I'm a, I'm not an expert. Uh, I wish I had somebody come on here and talk to me about what's going really going on in Afghanistan and Iraq. Are we doing this for the lithium? Are we doing this for the oil? Is this just, just is this another way to profit off these off these kids, these youngsters? Most of these guys are eighteen to twenty two years old. Um, when is this gonna end? So, I'm all for it. Again, I know President Trump's not our favorite cup of tea at the moment, but I'm all for this move. I know that's a campaign promise that he told us he was going to bring them all home. That's what people are really complaining about, too. He said he was going to bring them all home. So, is he really, is he, is he, um, how do I say this? Is he, uh, abiding to his cabinet, to the people? Is he, is he coming under siege of the pressure from his, um, his staff? Are they telling him not to bring everybody home? It's going to be devastating to that region. Can it get any worse there than it already has been the last 20 years? Um, does that bring us any harm if they do? If it does have an ISIS situation um, in Afghanistan where they do have these um, militias and these own, I guess, these, these groups come together as one and wish death to America? Is that something that could affect us in our mainland? Um... I don't know, but I'm all for bringing troops home, man. I think that's something that's been long overdue. Just bring them all home, in my opinion. Uh, stop these wars. Stop killing our kids for something that um, we don't believe in anymore. We don't believe in fighting over in Iraq and Afghanistan anymore. That war, to us, is done. We were lied to to get into this forever war. Bring our kids home. Bring our troops home. I stand by that 100%. And I hope you guys stand by... The STS Podcast, y'all. This is episode 60. Again, my name is Ernie C., the Gaptooth Genius. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter, STS Podcast 661. That's on Instagram and Twitter. You might see a fleet. You never know. And follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, iHeartRadio, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, wherever you can find your favorite podcast. I promise you the STS Podcast is going to be there. And big shout out to our sponsors, SMB Supreme Event Supplies. Make sure you guys contact them. They're Bakersfield. Um, they are, I'm sorry, they're located in Bakersfield. They're family-owned and, and operated they serve tacos. They they provide tables, chairs, jumpers, photography. This is your one-stop shop for all your party needs. And this is where not it's not just a business, it's family. And shout out to Cordova Collection. Get these candles, y'all. They're only $10 every candle. They're free from toxins and harmful materials. They're 100% homemade scented candles. They have the cleanest scents I've ever Every experience for. I'm not into candles, but these candles right here, this fireside scent is beautiful. Again, go to IG Cordova.collection. Check them out, y'all. Thank you for tuning into the 60th episode of the STS podcast. My name is Ernie C, the Gaptooth Genius. We gone. <laughs>